Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning, and I am finally here with my full review of Loki Season 2. I promised I would do this after the season finale and not getting to cover pretty much the entirety of the middle of the season, but I've just been so busy as this entire year has been for me. And But finally I'm here, and I will be discussing Loki Season 2, give you guys my spoiler thoughts on this season. If you haven't seen this season, don't listen, don't listen to this. Go watch Loki Season 2. It's great. Come back and listen to this review. Now, of course, when it comes to Loki, I always have to mention that I absolutely love this show. Season 1 is still my favorite Disney Plus show, even with the season. And I had high hopes, but also was pretty worried going into the season. Because when it comes to this year, I think it's arguable that this might be the MCU's weakest year we've ever had. And I have given now 3 out of the 5 projects we've had negative reviews. I gave negative reviews to Quantumania. Secret Invasion, certainly, and certainly the Marvels all got negative reviews for me. Loved Guardians 3, but luckily Loki Season 2 does fall closer to Guardians 3 than the other three, even if I don't think it quite reaches the heights of something, say, Guardians 3. Now, I reviewed the first two episodes, and I loved the first episode. I was not a fan too much of the second episode. And then after that, I was just out of town, and then out of the continent, actually. I don't know why I keep saying out of town. And I did watch all the episodes as they came out. I didn't have to binge them or anything. I did still watch them weekly. And then watch the finale. I, get, I put out my breakdown of the finale. That was three weeks ago now. I was hoping for a chance to rewatch the entirety of the first two seasons. Because I thought they would change my perspective a bit on this season. But I've come to realize that there's just no way that's going to happen for the foreseeable like few weeks. So I just decided, let's do this now. And it's been a quiet week for news. So I'm going to be discussing all that here. So with that said, let's not waste any more time and give you my spoiler review of Loki Season 2. And the first thing I'll say right off the bat is I think this season works better as a piece of the entire Loki story of this show from Season 1 to Season 2 than as a season on its own. And when it comes to my issues and me not being potentially as overwhelmingly positive as some I've seen some other people who would say this is one of their favorite MCU projects ever... It's because I do think this season on its own does have problems, even if I think the last two episodes really recontextualize a lot of them and make the season as a whole and its messiness a lot more acceptable. And I do have problems with this season, but I think the best part about this season is, again, that it works so well with season one. Loki, over the course of this and season one, gets such a complete and full arc going from this guy in the first Avengers movie who literally, again, attacked an entire city, arguably an entire planet, just because he was petty about his brother, to getting the throne he finally wants, but not in the context he ever expected to have in it, and in a situation where he didn't even want it. But based on him, based off, you know, his glorious purpose, he needed it. Which was, of course, to, in this case, make sure his friends had a free life. And I just love that story for this character. Tom Hiddleston is, of course, amazing, as he always is in this role. And that arc, like, it makes conversations in the original Thor movie, in the first episode of this show in season one, in episode two of this season, which I wasn't even a big fan of, between him and Mobius, more profound, more meaningful, and I never expected this show, before seeing season one, to ever reach those heights. And I think what they do with Loki, the character, is the highlight of this show. And I think that's the kind of storytelling the MCU needs to get back to to win people back and get people excited about the future, make you love the characters. And Loki and Tom Hiddleston, I think, have established themselves as probably the most compelling character post-Infinity Saga. And I think that's super impressive considering this character has died like three times 
And again, like I said, this definitely felt like the second half of the Loki standalone book. And I think that works just fine if I'm looking at the season through that perspective. And I think the rest of the cast also does a stellar job. Owen Wilson, again, still the highlight supporting character of this show as Mobius. He gets kind of, I would definitely say, the second lead role, just like he did in season one, but not with, like, for example, Sylvie, who I think definitely did get a bit of a downgrade this season. I'll talk about her a bit later. He gets a, he gets a lot of the focus, as just as he deserves, but even his story is so profound. A character who is, again, so committed into this, basically, constitution that he works in, but he sees himself and sees his family and how his life would have been without it in the final moments of this show and it just hits so hard and having that moment in the finale of him talking about how he was originally an agent before he became an analyst and just him as opposed to Renslayer and how different they are why Mobius was able to have I wouldn't say a redemption arc but to see the light almost while Renslayer just did not want to give up the power she'd gained I love the way they had those two stories playing and kind of showing the polar opposites of how someone who works for the TVA could have gone down I think it worked so well Kihui Kwan is definitely the standout new addition as Obi or Ouroboros. Loved him. Again, I love seeing some of the other characters, but I feel like those three for me were the standouts of this season. And I think they, well, I guess Mobius and Loki in particular had the most clear arcs and journeys where Mobius finally, finally decided to go back and have a life. And I just love that moment. But then he sees himself with his family and he realizes that's not my life. That's someone else's life. But he still decides... You know, to have that moment, let time pass. One of my favorite moments in the entire show. One of my favorite moments in the entire MCU ever, to be 100% honest with you. Another aspect of the season where I actually think they took a step above season one was I feel like the stakes are very clear in the season. The story of the season is very thin when you look at it in terms of an outline from episodes one to six. And it's all about saving the TVA, at least initially. And also kind of uncovering Loki's, I would guess, motivation in that. And I feel like... This very simple story in the first couple of episodes was a bit of a problem for me, but once episode five hit and we finally had the reveal about Loki's main motivations and it finally, I finally understood what they were doing with him as a character and kind of showing that he's so committed to this group of people he's been working with, which is why he's so committed to saving the TVA, it worked so much better. Because in the first three or four episodes, my main issue was that Loki felt like such a passive character in his own show. And maybe not episode one, but maybe episodes two to four, he felt like the secondary character in terms of creating the narrative thrust and even being the central focus. But once the show finally uncovered and peeled back all his motivations and what exactly the show was actually about, which is this group of characters and Loki growing an attachment to them in a way he never expected to with anybody, that's when I think the show really hit its stride. I think the final two episodes are easily the highlight of the season. And the highlight potentially of this whole show, and it's the first time an MCU show I feel like was able to pull together a lot of the messiness there is in kind of the middle of these shows into the most satisfying season finale we've had on Disney Plus so far. Again, while maintaining very clear stakes, which is that the TVA could be destroyed and all these branches could be loose, but then variants of He Who Remains or Kang will get loose and start this multiversal war, which I was a bit disappointed we never got to see a glimpse of. But I feel like at least the audience knew very clearly throughout what they were fighting for. And I think because the finale pulls together so much, it pulls together Loki's arc and his entire redemption throughout these two seasons, it just meant so much for the character and for the story that at the end of the day, it made me realize this isn't about a setup for future multiverse stories. This is Loki's journey. 
the title of the show is just Loki because it truly is just the story of, again, finding what makes Loki tick. And season one was about that, but this season was about truly radically changing him with him finally finding out exactly what he's been after all this time. And again, it pulls together the messiness, I would say, of the first four episodes of the season where everything feels very chaotic to show Loki's transformation so incredibly well. And it recontextualizes so much about conversations in this season. And again, going back to the season one finale with He Who Remains and not, you know, focusing on that, but then having that amazing line from Mobius of, you know, sometimes purpose is more burden than glory. One of the all-time greatest lines in any comic book movie or show ever, because it leans so hard into what makes this show so good, which is those philosophical discussions, but also in the context of this crazy sci-fi, you know, aesthetic and production we're in, where Loki's in this space, which is outside of space and time. And that's just so cool that they were able to do that and balance it all well. Another thing, getting into the technical aspects of this show, I absolutely love the production design. I know a lot of people had an issue with the very retro style in season one. I love the way this show looks. I think the aesthetics are extremely strong. The VFX also, I think, are probably the best in any of the Disney Plus shows because I feel like this is one show where the creators, whether that's Eric Martin, who is the head writer, or the directors, Benson and Moorhead, really knew what they wanted to do with this show and wanted what the look to be. When it comes to the temporal loom, all that stuff just looks amazing. It looks so tangible. Because again, this was the first MCU project ever that had no reshoots. And that's absolutely insane. But that shows because they managed to pull together a coherent enough story so satisfyingly, close it off, but also have visuals that don't feel tarnished because of that. And what people don't realize is that bad scripts and and you know, the MCU committee or their parliament constantly changing what they want for these movies and constantly getting these movies rewritten means that VFX sets production design that's always been created is compromised because you need to restart all that from scratch. And you just don't have the time to do that if you're meeting a release date. This show knew what it wanted to be and it got it done in the best way possible. And I think Aaron, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who basically replaced Kate Heron as the lead directors on this show, although they didn't direct every episode, although... I think it definitely shows that the four episodes they directed are the best episodes of the season by far. And I think the two weaker episodes of this show, episodes two and three, were directed by other people. And I think that's why I, think I wish they kind of did all these episodes. But they do such a great job of balancing, again, all the, the amazing visual aesthetic of the show, but also that, win, that witty energy you need in the dialogue. Part of this is, of course, the great performances, but those philosophical discussions, those heavy philosophical debates about free will but also on such a large scale with, you know, the TVA being this basically, you know, this controlling and constitution of time. It's so great and so compelling. And I feel like they do such a great job of making those conversations as energetic as they could be, even with them being not against something maybe younger audiences would be, you know, pulled towards. And another thing I say is that I think this show is also really funny. And I don't think the show's ever gotten quite enough credit for that. And I don't think Tom Hiddleston has ever gotten quite enough credit for how good he is with the humor as Loki. Yet every few episodes, there's these few very memorable moments you stand out. Like in the finale, it's a high-stakes finale, and there's some great moments. But when he's just kind of constantly trying to go back in time and reverse time and then kind of get the temporal loom solved and all that, it's a really funny scene because Tom Hiddleston is just playing it with so differently each time with more and more confidence while the other characters have no idea what's going on. And to end this discussion of my favorite things about this season... I think Natalie Holt's amazing score, once again, is such 
a mood setter for all, all, all the best moments and the final moments of the show and the music that plays over the credits. It's been raved about because it truly is incredible. A lot of the tracks of the season are amazing. And she is one of the biggest stars of this show, just like she was in season one, even though obviously you can't see her face. And she's very much a behind-the-scenes worker. Absolutely incredible score. One of the, probably the best I've heard for a Disney Plus show, maybe outside of The Mandalorian. I don't think this show quite has the iconicness of that theme. Now getting on to some of my issues with this season. I don't think this season was perfect. I do think it is overall weaker than season one. I feel like season one, all of the episodes were a bit more consistent in quality. With this season, I do feel like episodes two and three, and maybe even like, you know, because of that kind of leaking into four a bit, were very messy in how much jumping around there was and how, and I said how the stakes were always very clear. But I, what, one thing I didn't think was always very clear was why the characters were doing certain things. Like in episode two in particular, I remember just, you just getting like thrown in into this, the middle of a plot line of this guy named Brad Wolf X5, who I didn't even know who he was until the beginning of episode two, where he's just this actor and Loki and Moby are after him. We have no idea why until like halfway through the episode. And it clearly felt like an episode where it was almost originally set to be episode three, but the season was taking too long to get going since I had to move it up and just cut out a whole other episode that there could have been. And this is, again, the problem with a six-episode season. Either it's too long because it should have just been a movie, or it's too short and should have had more episodes to fully flesh out some of the plot beats you're having, or cut out plot beats entirely. And I feel like this is one of those times where it could have happened. I also feel like there are, again, like I said, missing chunks in, in, the, first two, in the first few episodes, and especially between episodes one and two. But I also think there's just too much of a focus on Victor Timely. Now, I understand that they're trying to make us fear the arrival of the Kangs. But when you're showing us such a bumbling buffoon like Victor Timely, I feel like it almost makes the threat of the Kangs and he who remains so much less, you know, menacing. And I feel like that's a big issue when, when that's when, when one of the biggest problems with the MCU is that you need to make Kang scary not only did I not really like Victor Timely as a variant of Kang, I don't think Jonathan Majors gave a very good performance as Victor Timely at all. I really like Jonathan Majors, and I don't want to get into the controversy and kind of what's going on with him. I believe his trial just started. I'm not going to talk about that yet. I don't want to talk about any of that until we see the outcome, and then once we do, I may talk about my, my thoughts about whether or not they should be continuing with the storyline or not, and we cast all that. But looking strictly at Jonathan Majors' performances so far... I really like him as he who remains. I loved him in the finale of this episode. And I loved his performance in Quantumania. He was really the only redeeming, like, genuinely redeeming part of that movie that I really wanted to see more of. I don't think he was good as Victor Timely. I thought his performance was just too much of, for lack of a better term, a performance where it just didn't feel like a real person. It felt like someone doing an impersonation. And I do think that's a big problem when you have a show that is, again, so otherworldly and when there are so many other actors on this show doing a great job that character really stood out as a character who I didn't really enjoy watching on screen and again I think that's a big issue the other thing I will say is I feel like the mix of all the time travel and kind of those philosophical discussions and Sylvie and Loki's you know relationship in the first two episodes especially in episode two where they kept coming back and forth between what's going on with the story and then meeting re reuniting with Sylvie I feel like that balance wasn't striked as well as season one, where episodes one through six were all about Loki finding free will for all these people, but also himself about being okay with there not being, you know, constant order everywhere. It kind of tied together. With this season, they still kind of wanted 
that whole free world discussion whilst you know having the whole question of should we save the TVA and those are two things that in theory connect very well but when you have so many characters spread out Ren Slayer doing her own thing Sylvie Sylvie doing her own thing I feel like they kind of struggled to really connect it all in the middle episodes and that was my issue with kind of episode two and three where I feel like the storyline was taking too long to get going but also everyone just felt too spread out and them having to push pull everyone together like especially episode three where kind of everyone finds themselves in that kind of 1893 fair how we got there and how every character like some characters just showed up out of nowhere like especially with sylvie i thought she was kind of going to be a bit more taking a back seat from the story based on what happens at the end of episode two she kind of just shows up and i feel like having the answer trying to get victor timely to the tva but also having sylvie trying to stop them it just got very messy and i don't think the show did the best job of executing that as just a set of events that should have felt like they were in order another one of my issues with this season is i do feel like some of the characters stories were wasted and that's where i think this season could have done with maybe two more episodes Renslayer's journey I thought felt very unsatisfying in particular. I don't think she should have been in this season at all. I feel like season one should have just closed out her story. Mobius should have just killed her or whatever. Or like someone else, she should have just exited the story. They, she almost felt like a bit of an obligatory character to include. And how much they build her up and what she's planning in episode three and four, just to have her basically thrown into a portal and to never see her again, felt like such an odd move. And Sylvie, in particular, again, felt also kind of like an obligatory inclusion after season one. She was such a big character in that season. But I almost feel like if you had started this season closing off her story and just leaving her out of this, I feel you would have made the season a bit more streamlined, not in terms of the story, but in terms of what actually happens and the different beats, not the general outline, which I think is extremely simple. But some of the beats to get there get very chaotic and clustered. And I feel like including her without giving her much to do on her own, which would have required more episodes, which I think would have benefited them if they really wanted Sofia Martino to come back, I think would have made this season a lot better if they wanted to go in that direction. But overall, I highly enjoyed Loki Season 2. It's easily one of the best things the MCUs have produced in Phase 4 and 5 now, I guess. It's not quite as good as Season 1, if you're asking me personally, but it is such a satisfying piece of this Loki show where we still have all the great characters, still that great arc for that character, which is, again, the highlight of this show. So Loki as a whole, this show, I believe, is now complete. I don't think there's going to be a season three, and I'm fully okay with that, because this, again, together with season one, would place very high on my MCU ranking, even if this season on its own wouldn't place quite as high as if I put them together. And I don't know how I'm going to do that yet. I am planning to do an updated MCU ranking before the end of the year. I'm pretty much going to have to spend the entire day working on one of those, because I believe we have now like 46 projects or something like that. So I may wait and wait till after What If Season 2 comes out. But again, I don't think anyone really cares about that. But I really enjoyed this season. And I do think it was a satisfying second season to a season that I loved in Loki Season 1. Even if, again, it was more messy and chaotic than the previous season. I'm going to give Loki Season 2 a B+. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I will catch you all next time. Bye-bye.